Section 5 of State of the Union Addresses by United States Presidents, 1893 through 1896. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Grover Cleveland, December 3rd, 1894. Part 2. The Secretary of the Treasury reports that the receipts of the government from all sources of revenue during the fiscal year ending June 30, 1894, amounted to $372,802,498.29, and its expenditures to $442,605,700. Leaving a deficit of sixty nine million eight hundred and three thousand two hundred and sixty dollars and fifty eight cents. There was a decrease of fifteen million nine hundred and fifty two thousand six hundred and seventy four dollars and sixty six cents in the ordinary expense of the government as compared with the fiscal year eighteen ninety three. There was collected from customs one hundred and thirty one million eight hundred and eighteen thousand five hundred and thirty dollars and sixty two cents and from internal revenue one hundred and forty seven million one hundred and sixty eight thousand four hundred and forty nine dollars and seventy cents the balance of the income for the year amounting to ninety three million eight hundred and fifteen thousand five hundred and seventeen dollars and ninety seven cents was derived from the sale of lands and other sources the value of our total dutiable imports amounted to two hundred and seventy five million one hundred and ninety nine thousand eighty six dollars being one hundred and forty six million six hundred and fifty seven thousand six hundred and twenty five dollars less than during the preceding year and the importations free of duty amounted to three hundred and seventy nine million seven hundred and ninety five thousand five hundred and thirty six being sixty four million seven hundred and forty eight thousand six hundred and seventy five less than during the preceding year the receipts from customs were seventy three million five hundred and thirty six thousand four hundred and eighty six dollars and eleven cents less and from internal revenue thirteen million eight hundred and thirty six thousand five hundred and thirty nine dollars and ninety-seven cents less than in eighteen ninety-three the total tax collected from distilled spirits was eighty-five million two hundred and fifty-nine thousand two hundred and fifty dollars and twenty-five cents on manufactured tobacco twenty-eight million six hundred and seventeen thousand eight hundred and ninety-eight dollars and sixty-two cents and on fermented liquors thirty one million four hundred and fourteen thousand seven hundred and eighty eight dollars and four cents our exports of merchandise domestic and foreign amounted during the year to eight hundred and ninety two million one hundred and forty thousand five hundred and seventy two dollars being an increase over the preceding year of forty four million four hundred and ninety five thousand three hundred and seventy eight dollars the total amount of gold exported during the fiscal year was seventy six million eight hundred ninety eight thousand sixty one dollars as against one hundred and eight million six hundred and eighty thousand four hundred and forty four dollars 
during the fiscal year 1893. The amount imported was $62,449,119 as against $21,174,381 during the previous year. The imports of silver were $13,186,552, and the exports were $50,451,265. The total bounty paid upon the production of sugar in the United States for the fiscal year was $12,108,089, being an increase of $2,725,000. $78.01 over the payments made during the preceding year. The amount of bounty paid from July 1st, 1894 to August 28th, 1894, the time when further payments ceased by operation of law, was $966,185.84. The total expenses incurred in the payment of the bounty upon sugar during the fiscal year was $130,140.85. It is estimated that upon the basis of the present revenue laws, the receipts of the government during the current fiscal year, ending June 30, 1895, will be $424,427,748.44, and its expenditures, $444,000,000, four hundred and twenty seven thousand seven hundred and forty eight dollars and forty four cents resulting in a deficit of twenty million dollars on the first day of november eighteen ninety four the total stock of money of all kinds in the country was two billion two hundred and forty million seven hundred and seventy three thousand eight hundred and eighty eight dollars as against two billion two hundred and four million six hundred and fifty one thousand dollars on the first day of november eighteen ninety three and the money of all kinds in circulation or not included in the treasury holdings was one billion six hundred and seventy two million ninety three thousand four hundred and twenty two dollars or twenty four dollars and twenty seven cents per capita upon an estimated population of sixty eight million eight hundred and eighty seven thousand at the same date there was held in the treasury gold bullion amounting to forty four million six hundred and fifteen thousand one hundred and seventy seven dollars and fifty five cents and silver bullion which was purchased at a cost of one hundred and twenty seven million seven hundred and seventy two thousand nine hundred and eighty eight dollars the purchase of silver bullion under the act of july fourteenth eighteen ninety ceased on the first day of november eighteen ninety three and up to that time there had been purchased during the fiscal year eleven million nine hundred and seventeen thousand six hundred and fifty eight point seventy five fine ounces at a cost of eight million seven hundred and fifteen thousand five hundred and twenty one dollars and thirty two cents an average cost of point seven three one three dollars per fine ounce the total amount of silver purchased from the time that law took effect until the repeal of its purchasing clause on the date last mentioned was $168,674,682.35 cents. 
five three fine ounces which cost one hundred and fifty five million nine hundred and thirty one thousand two dollars and twenty five cents the average price per fine ounce being point nine two four four dollars the total amount of standard silver dollars coined at the mints of the united states since the passage of the act of february twenty eighth eighteen seventy eight is four hundred and twenty one million seven hundred and seventy six thousand four hundred and eight dollars of which three hundred and seventy eight million one hundred and sixty six thousand seven hundred and ninety three dollars were coined under the provisions of that act thirty eight million five hundred and thirty one thousand one hundred and forty three dollars under the provision of the act of july fourteenth eighteen ninety and five million seventy eight thousand four hundred and seventy two dollars under the act providing for the coinage of trade dollar bullion the total coinage of all metals at our mints during the last fiscal year consisted of sixty three million four hundred and eighty five two hundred and twenty pieces valued at one hundred and six million two hundred and sixteen thousand seven hundred and thirty dollars and six cents of which there were ninety nine million four hundred and seventy four thousand nine hundred and twelve dollars and fifty cents in gold coined seven hundred and fifty eight dollars in standard silver dollars six million twenty four thousand one hundred and forty dollars and thirty cents in subsidiary silver coin and seven hundred and sixteen thousand nine hundred and nineteen dollars and twenty six cents in minor coin during the calendar year eighteen ninety three the production of precious metals in the united states was estimated at one million seven hundred and thirty nine thousand three hundred and twenty three fine ounces of gold of the commercial and coinage value of thirty five million nine hundred and fifty five thousand dollars and seventy million fine ounces of silver of the bullion or market value of forty six million eight hundred thousand dollars and of the coinage value of seventy seven million five hundred and seventy six thousand dollars it is estimated that on the first day of july eighteen ninety four the stock of metallic money in the united states consisting of coin and bullion amounted to one billion two hundred and fifty one million six hundred and forty thousand nine hundred and fifty eight dollars of which six hundred and twenty seven million nine hundred and twenty three thousand two hundred and one dollars was gold and six hundred and twenty four million three hundred and forty seven thousand seven hundred and fifty seven dollars was silver fifty national banks were organized during the year ending october thirty first eighteen ninety four with a capital of five million two hundred and eighty five thousand dollars and seventy nine with a capital of ten million four hundred and seventy five thousand went into voluntary liquidation twenty one banks with a capital of two million seven hundred and seventy thousand dollars were placed in the hands of receivers the total number of national banks in existence on the thirty first day of october last was three thousand seven hundred and fifty six being forty less than on the thirty first day of october eighteen ninety three the capital stock paid in was six hundred and seventy two million six hundred and seventy one thousand three hundred and sixty five dollars being nine million six hundred and seventy eight thousand four hundred and ninety one dollars 
less than at the same time in the previous year and the surplus fund and individual profits less expenses and taxes paid amounted to three hundred and thirty four million one hundred and twenty one thousand eighty two dollars and ten cents which was sixteen million eighty nine thousand seven hundred and eighty dollars less than on october thirty first eighteen ninety three the circulation was decreased one million seven hundred and forty one thousand five hundred and sixty three dollars the obligations of the banks to each other were increased one hundred and seventeen million two hundred and sixty eight thousand three hundred and thirty four dollars and the individual deposits were two hundred and seventy seven million two hundred and ninety four thousand four hundred and eighty nine dollars less than at the corresponding date in the previous year loans and discounts were one hundred and sixty one million six hundred and six thousand nine hundred and twenty three dollars more than at the same time the previous year and checks and other cash items were ninety million three hundred and forty nine thousand nine hundred and sixty three dollars more the total resources of the banks at the date mentioned amounted to three billion four hundred and seventy three million nine hundred and twenty two thousand fifty five dollars as against three billion one hundred and nine million five hundred and sixty three thousand one hundred eighty four dollars and thirty six cents in eighteen ninety three from the report of the secretary of war it appears that the strength of the army on september thirtieth eighteen ninety four was two thousand one hundred and thirty five officers and twenty five thousand seven hundred and sixty five enlisted men although this is apparently a very slight decrease compared with the previous year the actual effective force has been increased to the equivalent of nearly two regiments through the reorganization of the system of recruiting and the consequent release to regimental duty of the large force of men hitherto serving at recruiting depots the abolition of these depots it is predicted will furthermore effect an annual reduction approximating two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in the direct expenditures besides promoting generally the health morale and discipline of the troops the execution of the policy of concentrating the army at important centers of population and transportation foreshadowed in the last annual report of the secretary has resulted in the abandonment of fifteen of the smaller posts which was effected under a plan which assembles organizations of the same regiments hitherto widely separated this renders our small forces more readily effective for any service which they may be called upon to perform increases the extent of the territory under protection without diminishing the security heretofore afforded to any locality improves the discipline training and esprit de corps of the army besides considerably decreasing the cost of its maintenance though the forces of the department of the east have been somewhat increased more than three-fourths of the army is still stationed west of the mississippi this carefully matured policy which secures the best and greatest service in the interests of the general welfare from the small force comprising our regular army should not be thoughtlessly embarrassed by the creation of new and unnecessary posts through acts of congress to gratify the ambitions or interests of localities while the maximum legal strength of the army is twenty five thousand men the effective strength through various causes is but little over twenty thousand men the purpose of congress does not therefore seem to be fully attained by the existing condition
while no considerable increase in the army is in my judgment demanded by recent events the policy of seacoast fortification in the prosecution of which we have been steadily engaged for some years has so far developed as to suggest that the effective strength of the army be now made at least equal to the legal strength measures taken by the department during the year as indicated have already considerably augmented the effective force and the secretary of war presents a plan which i recommend to the consideration of congress to attain the desired end economies effected in the department and other lines of its work will offset to a greater extent the expenditure involved in the proposition submitted among other things this contemplates the adoption of the three battalion formation of regiments which for several years has been endorsed by the secretaries of war and the generals commanding the army compact in itself it provides a skeleton organization ready to be filled out in the event of war which is peculiarly adapted to our strength and requirements and the fact that every other nation with a single exception has adopted this formation to meet the conditions of modern warfare should alone secure for the recommendation an early consideration it is hardly necessary to recall the fact that in obedience to the commands of the constitution and the laws and for the purpose of protecting the property of the united states aiding the process of federal courts and removing lawless obstructions to the performance by the government of its legitimate functions it became necessary in various localities during the year to employ a considerable portion of the regular troops the duty was discharged promptly courageously and with market discretion by the officers and men and the most gratifying proof was thus afforded that the army deserves that complete confidence in its efficiency and discipline which the country has at all times manifested the year has been free from disturbances by indians and the chances of further depredations on their part are constantly becoming more remote and improbable the total expenditures for the war department for the year ended june thirty eighteen ninety four amounted to fifty six million thirty nine thousand nine dollars and thirty four cents of this sum two million six hundred and fourteen dollars and ninety nine cents was for salaries and contingent expenses twenty three million six hundred and sixty five thousand one hundred and fifty six dollars and sixteen cents for the support of the military establishment five million one thousand six hundred and eighty two dollars and twenty three cents for miscellaneous objects and twenty five million three hundred and seventy one thousand five hundred and fifty five dollars and ninety six cents for public works this latter sum includes nineteen million four hundred and ninety four thousand thirty seven dollars and forty nine cents for river and harbor improvements and three million nine hundred and forty seven thousand eight hundred and sixty three dollars and fifty six cents for fortifications and other works of defense the appropriations for the current year aggregate fifty two million four hundred and twenty nine thousand one hundred and twelve dollars and seventy eight cents and the estimate submitted by the secretary of war for the next fiscal year call for appropriations amounting to fifty two million three hundred and eighteen thousand six hundred and twenty nine dollars and fifty five cents the skill and industry of our ordnance officers and inventors have it is believed overcome the mechanical obstacles which have 
heretofore delayed the armament of our coasts and this great national undertaking upon which we have entered may now proceed as rapidly as congress shall determine with a supply of finished guns of large calibre already on hand to which additions should now rapidly follow the wisdom of providing carriages and emplacements for their mount cannot be too strongly urged the total enrollment of the militia of the several states is one hundred and seventeen thousand five hundred and thirty three officers and enlisted men an increase of five thousand three hundred and forty three over the number reported at the close of the previous year the reports of militia inspections by regular army officers showed a marked increase in interest and efficiency among the state organizations and i strongly recommend a continuance of the policy of affording every practical encouragement possible to this important auxiliary of our military establishment the condition of the apache indians held as prisoners by the government for eight years at a cost of half a million dollars has been changed during the year from captivity to one which gives them an opportunity to demonstrate their capacity for self-support and at least partial civilization legislation enacted at the last session of congress gave the war department authority to transfer the survivors numbering three hundred and forty six from mount vernon barracks in alabama to any suitable reservation the department selected as their future home the military lands near fort sill indian territory where under military surveillance the former prisoners have been established in agriculture under conditions favorable to their advancement in recognition of the long and distinguished military services and faithful discharge of delicate and responsible civil duties by major general john m schofield now the general commanding the army it is suggested to congress that the temporary revival of the grade of lieutenant general in his behalf would be a just and gracious act and would permit his retirement now near at hand with rank befitting his merits the report of the attorney general notes the gratifying progress made by the supreme court in overcoming the arrears of its business and in reaching a condition in which it will be able to dispose of cases as they arise without any unreasonable delay this result is of course very largely due to the successful working of the plan inaugurating circuit courts of appeals in respect to these tribunals the suggestion is made in quarters entitled to the highest consideration that an additional circuit judge for each circuit would greatly strengthen these courts and the confidence reposed in their adjudications and that such an addition would not create a greater force of judges than the increasing business of such courts require i commend the suggestion to the careful consideration of the congress other important topics are adverted to in the report accompanied by recommendations many of which have been treated at large in previous messages and at this time therefore need only be named i refer to the abolition of the fee system as a measure of compensation to federal officers the enlargement of the powers of united states commissioners at least in the territories the allowance of writs of error in criminal cases on behalf of the united states and the establishment of degrees in the crime of murder a topic dealt with by the attorney general of much importance is the condition of the administration of justice in the indian territory the permanent solution of what is called the indian problem 
is probably not to be expected at once but meanwhile such ameliorations of present conditions as the existing system will admit of ought not to be neglected i am satisfied there should be a federal court established for the territory with sufficient judges and that this court should sit within the territory and have the same jurisdiction as to territorial affairs as is now vested in the federal court sitting in arkansas and texas another subject of pressing moment referred to by the attorney general is the reorganization of the union pacific railway company on a basis equitable as regards all private interests and as favorable to the government as existing conditions will permit the operation of a railroad by a court through a receiver is an anomalous state of things which should be terminated on all grounds public and private at the earliest possible moment besides not to enact the needed enabling legislation at the present session postpones the whole matter until the assembling of a new congress and inevitably increases all the complications of the situation and could not but be regarded as a signal failure to solve a problem which has practically been before the present congress ever since its organization eight years ago in my annual message i urged upon the congress as strongly as i could the location and construction of two prisons for the confinement of united states prisoners a similar recommendation has been made from time to time since and a few years ago a law was passed providing for the selection of sites for three such institutions no appropriation has however been made to carry the act into effect and the old and discreditable condition still exists it is not my purpose at this time to repeat the considerations which make an impregnable case in favor of the ownership and management by the government of the penal institutions in which federal prisoners are confined i simply desire to again urge former recommendations on the subject and to particularly call the attention of the congress to that part of the report of the secretary of war which he states that the military prison at fort leavenworth kansas can be turned over to the government as a prison for federal convicts without the least difficulty and with an actual saving of money from every point of view pending a more complete reform i hope that by the adoption of the suggestion of the secretary of war this easy step may be taken in the direction of the proper care of its convicts by the government of the united states the report of the postmaster general presents a comprehensive statement of the operations of the post office department for the last fiscal year the receipts of the department during the year amounted to seventy five million eighty thousand four hundred and seventy nine dollars and four cents and the expenditures to eighty four million three hundred and twenty four thousand four hundred and fourteen dollars and fifteen cents the transactions of the postal service indicate with barometric certainty the fluctuations in the business of the country inasmuch therefore as business complications continued to exist throughout the last year to an unforeseen extent it is not surprising that the deficiency of revenue to meet the expenditures of the post office department which was estimated in advance at about eight million dollars should be exceeded by nearly one million two hundred and twenty five thousand dollars the ascertained revenues of the last year which were the basis of calculation for the current year being less than estimated the deficiency for the current year will be correspondingly greater though the postmaster general states that the latest indications are 
so favorable that he confidently predicts an increase of at least eight per cent in the revenues of the current year over those of the last year the expenditures increase steadily and necessarily with the growth and needs of the country so that the deficiency is greater or less in any year depending upon the volume of receipts the postmaster general states that this deficiency is unnecessary and might be obviated at once if the law regulating rates upon mail matter of the second class was modified the rate received for the transmission of this second class matter is one cent per pound while the cost of such transmission to the government is eight times that amount in the general terms of the law this rate covers newspapers and periodicals the extensions of the meaning of these terms from time to time have admitted to the privileges intended for legitimate newspapers and periodicals a surprising range of publications and created abuses the cost of which amounts in the aggregate to the total deficiency of the post office department pretended newspapers are started by business houses for the mere purpose of advertising goods complying with the law in form only and discontinuing the publications as soon as the period of advertising is over sample copies of pretended newspapers are issued in great numbers for a like purpose only the result is a great loss of revenue to the government besides its humiliating use as an agency to aid in carrying out the scheme of a business house to advertise its goods by means of a trick upon both its rival houses in the regular and legitimate newspapers paper covered literature consisting mainly of trashy novels to the extent of many thousands of tons is sent through the mails at one cent per pound while the publishers of standard works are required to pay eight times that amount in sending their publications another abuse consists in the free carriage through the mails of hundreds of tons of seed and grain uselessly distributed through the department of agriculture the postmaster general predicts that if the law be so amended as to eradicate these abuses not only will the post office department show no deficiency but he believes that in the near future all legitimate newspapers and periodical magazines might be properly transmitted through the mails to their subscribers free of cost i invite your prompt consideration of this subject and fully endorse the views of the postmaster general the total number of post offices in the united states on the thirtieth day of june eighteen ninety four was sixty nine thousand eight hundred and five an increase of one thousand four hundred and three over the preceding year of these three thousand four hundred and twenty eight were presidential an increase in that class of sixty eight over the preceding year six hundred and ten cities and towns are provided with free delivery ninety three other cities and towns entitled to this service under the law have not been accorded it on account of insufficient funds the expense of free delivery for the current fiscal year will be more than twelve million three hundred thousand dollars and under existing legislation this item of expenditure is subject to constant increase the estimated cost of rural free delivery generally is so very large that it ought not to be considered in the present condition of affairs during the year eight hundred and thirty additional domestic money order offices were established the total number of these offices at the close of the year was nineteen thousand two hundred and sixty four there were fourteen million three hundred and four thousand forty one money orders issued during the year 
being an increase over the preceding year of nine hundred ninety four thousand three hundred and six the value of these orders amounted to one hundred and thirty eight million seven hundred and ninety three thousand five hundred and seventy nine dollars and forty nine cents an increase of eleven million two hundred and seventeen thousand one hundred and forty five dollars and eighty four cents there were also issued during the year postal notes amounting to twelve million six hundred and forty nine thousand ninety four dollars and fifty five cents during the year two hundred and eighteen international money order offices were added to those already established making a total of two thousand six hundred and twenty five such offices in operation june thirtieth eighteen ninety four the number of international money orders issued during the year was nine hundred and seventeen thousand eight hundred and twenty three a decrease in number of one hundred and thirty eight thousand one hundred and seventy six and their value was thirteen million seven hundred and ninety two thousand four hundred and fifty five dollars and thirty one cents a decrease in amount of two million five hundred and forty nine thousand three hundred and eighty two dollars and fifty five cents the number of orders paid was three hundred and sixty one thousand one hundred and eighty an increase over the preceding year of sixty thousand two hundred and sixty three and their value was six million five hundred and sixty eight thousand four hundred and ninety three dollars and seventy eight cents an increase of one million two hundred and eighty five thousand one hundred and eighteen dollars and eight cents from the foregoing statements it appears that the total issue of money orders and postal notes for the year amounted to one hundred and sixty five million two hundred and thirty five thousand one hundred and twenty nine dollars and thirty five cents the number of letters and packages mailed during the year for special delivery was three million four hundred and thirty six thousand nine hundred and seventy the special delivery stamps used upon these letters and packages amounted to three hundred and forty three thousand six hundred and ninety seven dollars the messenger fees paid for their delivery amounted to two hundred and sixty one thousand two hundred nine dollars and seventy cents leaving a balance in favor of the government of eighty two thousand four hundred and eighty seven dollars and thirty cents the report shows most gratifying results in the way of economies worked out without affecting the efficiency of the postal service these consist in the abrogation of steamship subsidy contracts reletting of mail transportation contracts and in the cost and amount of supplies used in the service amounting in all to sixteen million six hundred and nineteen thousand forty seven dollars and forty two cents this report also contains a valuable contribution to the history of the universal postal union an arrangement which amounts practically to the establishment of one postal system for the entire civilized world special attention is directed to this subject at this time in view of the fact that the next congress of the union will meet in washington in eighteen ninety seven and it is hoped that timely action will be taken in the direction of perfecting preparations for that event the postmaster general renews the suggestion made in a previous report that the department organization be increased to the extent of creating a direct district supervision of all postal affairs and in this suggestion i fully concur there are now connected with the post office establishment 
32,661 employees who are in the classified service. This includes many who have been classified upon the suggestion of the Postmaster General. He states that another year's experience at the head of the department serves only to strengthen the conviction as to the excellent work of the civil service law in this branch of the public service. Attention is called to the report of the Secretary of Navy, which shows very gratifying progress in the construction of ships for our new Navy. All the vessels now building, including the three torpedo boats authorized at the last session of Congress, and excepting the first-class battleship Iowa, will probably be completed during the coming fiscal year. The estimates for the increase of the Navy for the year ending June 30, 1896, are large, but they include practically the entire sum necessary to complete and equip all the new ships not now in commission, so that unless new ships are authorized, the appropriations for the naval service for the fiscal year ending June 30, 1897, should fall below the estimates for the coming year of at least $12 million. The Secretary presents with much earnestness a plea for the authorization of three additional battleships and ten or twelve torpedo boats, while the unarmored vessels heretofore authorized, including those now nearing completion, will constitute a fleet which it is believed is sufficient for ordinary cruising purposes in times of peace, we have now completed and in process of construction but four first-class battleships and but few torpedo boats. We are to have a navy for warlike operations, offensive and defensive. We certainly ought to increase both the number of battleships and torpedo boats. The manufacture of armor requires expensive plants and the aggregation of many skilled workmen. All the armor necessary to complete the vessels now building will be delivered before the 1st of June next. If no new contracts are given out, contractors must disband their workmen and their plants must lie idle. Battleships authorized at this time would not be well underway until late in the coming fiscal year, and at least three years and a half from the date of the contract would be required for their completion. The Secretary states that not more than 15% of the cost of such ships need be included in the appropriations for the coming year. I recommend that provision be made for the construction of additional battleships and torpedo boats. The Secretary recommends the manufacture not only of a reserve supply of ordnance and ordnance material for ships of the Navy, but also a supply for the auxiliary fleet. Guns and their appurtenances should be provided and kept on hand for both these purposes. We have not today a single gun that could be put on the ships Paris or New York of the International Navigation Company or any other ship of our reserve navy. The manufacture of guns at the Washington Navy Yard is proceeding satisfactorily, and none of our new ships will be required to wait for their guns or ordnance equipment. An important order has been issued by the Secretary of Navy coordinating the duties of the several bureaus concerned in the construction of ships. This order, it is believed, will secure to a greater extent than has heretofore been possible the harmonious action of those several bureaus and make the attainment of the best results more certain. During the past fiscal year, there has been an unusual and pressing demand in many quarters of the world for the presence of vessels to guard American interests. 
in january last during the brazilian insurrection a large fleet was concentrated in the harbor of rio de janeiro the vigorous action of rear admiral benham in protecting the personal and commercial rights of our citizens during the disturbed conditions afforded results which will it is believed have a far-reaching and wholesome influence whenever in like circumstances it may become necessary for our naval commanders to interfere on behalf of our people in foreign ports the war now in progress between china and japan has rendered it necessary or expedient to dispatch eight vessels to those waters both the secretary of the navy and the secretary of the treasury recommend the transfer of the work of the coast survey proper to the navy department i heartily concur in this recommendation excluding alaska and a very small area besides all the work of mapping and charting our coasts has been completed the hydrographic work which must be done over and over again by reason of the shifting and varying depths of water consequent upon the action of streams and tides has heretofore been done under the direction of naval officers in subordination to the superintendent of the coast survey there seems to be no good reason why the navy should not have entire charge hereafter of such work especially as the hydrographic office of the navy department is now and has been for many years engaged in making efficient maps entirely similar to those prepared by the coast survey i feel it my imperative duty to call attention to the recommendation of the secretary in regard to the personnel of the line of the navy the stagnation of promotion in this the vital branch of the service is so great as to seriously impair its efficiency i consider it of the utmost importance that the young and middle-aged officers should before the eve of retirement be permitted to reach a grade entitling them to active and important duty the system adopted a few years ago regulating the employment of labor at the navy yards is rigidly upheld and has fully demonstrated its usefulness and expediency it is within the domain of civil service reform inasmuch as workmen are employed through a board of labor selected at each navy yard and are given work without reference to politics and in the order of their application preference however being given to army and navy veterans and those having former navy yard experience amendments suggested by experience have been made to the rules regulating the system through its operation the work at our navy yards has been vastly improved in efficiency and the opportunity to work has been honestly and fairly awarded to willing and competent applicants it is hoped that if the system continues to be strictly adhered to there will soon be as a natural consequence such an equalization of party benefits as will remove all temptation to relax or abandon it end of section five